What's really going on, everybody? As you know, I'm Henry Woods. Um, I have a special guest with us today. Um, before I introduce him, as you know, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, YouTube, all the, those good things. We have like every platform at WRGO. Uh, we have Teferi here, Teferi Taylor. He's an Instagram influencer. Uh, I've been following him for a while. I think his style is pretty cool. I'll let him introduce himself and then we'll kind of get into things. Sure. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is uh, Teferi Taylor um, at TaylorMayGQ on Instagram and most socials. Um, as Henry said, I'm a streetwear influencer, but I've kind of branched out a little bit more into lifestyle and other fashion trends, if you will. Um, had a really great opportunity to do this and see my platform grow in the last couple of years. So really excited to be on the What's Really Going On podcast and tell my story and hopefully have some fun along the way with some of these questions, man. Let's do it. So uh, as you said, you kind of do streetwear and you're trying to transition now. So how did you get started uh, like doing the influence and then content creating? Sure. Well, you know, for me, I've always been into sneakers, been into fitted hats, streetwear, um, as most people colloquially know it as, but used to be urban fashion, you know, depending on who you talk to um, preceding, the whole dubbing it streetwear, but I've always been into sneakers. I've always been into, you know, just streetwear as a whole, um, specifically just, I really got into it starting with sneakers. Um, I love Jordans. I loved Nikes coming up. Um, but I was just one of those kids where I was into athletics when I was younger. And, you know, for me, that was just kind of a thing where, you know, you play basketball or you run ball and you get your East Bay magazines in the mail. So it's like, for me, that was kind of like my first experience, experience and exposure with different types of clothing, different types of shoes, apparel and whatnot. So as I got older, um, that just became a part of and a staple of my style. Um, when I started really moving into the more of the Instagram space um, and more so on the influencer track, I just saw the influencers were people that were super in your face talking about everything that they were doing. I mean, for those that know about Instagram before Instagram became what it was today, like folks were Instagram and plates of food for everything. And I think during that time, you know, you kind of saw a shift where people saw like, hey, there's there's money to be made in advertising and there's a way that I could leverage my platform and the people that follow me to say, hey, I think this is cool. And since you follow me, you probably think the things I do are cool, too. So it's a real good symbiotic relationship. Um, with that being said, you know, as I started to really move and take it more seriously, I say I really took content creating seriously in the last couple of years, I say really started 2022. Um, I was always sharing just stuff. I thought it was cool. But then I said, you know what? Let me really try to try my hand at it for real. Be consistent with posting. Um, do a lot more. And I was doing three to four posts a week um, in a month, a 30-day month. I was probably posting close to 20, 22 times. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that persistence really translated into great opportunities that I got to work with companies like Lids, um, eventually transitioning into Hat Club and becoming a Hat Club ambassador, um, being able to do some campaigns with Nike as well. Um, the one that I did just this year for the Air Max Pulse that just recently released earlier in the calendar year. Um, and then transitioning into more like Fashion Nova where like the looks are not explicitly just Stussy or Supreme or mm -hmm. Stone Island or anything like that, but it's more clothes that the everyday person probably has access to if they're not really super, you know, knee deep in the streetwear. So I feel like 
as my platform has grown, it's forced me to grow too from a style perspective. It's like try flare jeans, try jorts, try, you know, things that although they are and can be considered streetwear, how to make it look like something where someone looks at that and says, I rock that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I feel like that's like the big challenge in, in doing any of this type of stuff is, is trying to figure out ways to be authentically you. But also figure out, you know, for new waves and trends that are hot, try to figure out ways to incorporate that into your programming as well. So been really blessed to be able to do that and see my platform continue to grow and, and more opportunities. So extremely thankful for that. No, you said like several points in there that I kind of want to get into. One for like, because I'm kind of like a style fashion person. Um, I like to be entertained by it, but I guess for me, I fell off like, after high school when I noted, like I graduated in 2013. And I think that's when that was the prime of like, let's say streetwear culture where everybody wanted Jordans and you had to stand in line and get the tickets and do all of that. That's when I kind of like stopped paying attention. (laughs) Um, So it's cool to see that your interests kind of like have continued to grow and it has benefited you. Uh, I would say like, one, I want to know, how do you split your time? Or one, are you a full-time influencer to where, like, you have benefited to that affords your whole lifestyle and you don't have to stress about the balance of time? Because uh, I know that's kind of something you spoke on uh, with, like, getting started in 2020. Two yeah. So, I mean, I'm actually a degreed engineer. So I got my bachelor's in science and electrical engineer from Georgia Tech back in 2016. Go Jackets. Um, I've been... I've been working as a full-time engineer pretty much I say I had about I say close to about if including my in, my internships and co-ops when I was in school um and then also my full-time work experience leaving school have a like probably about a, about a mid-senior level so six to eight years of experience apparently right now I'm in the legal field I do patent work um so I kind of leverage the skills that I learned through being a practical engineer and help people write patents um, prosecute patents um, to be more technically accurate. Um, and I've been doing that now for a little over a year. So I think that for me has been it's been interesting. And one thing about me is I always like taking on new challenges. So I looked at this, you know, streetwear influencer, content creator lane as a way for me to try to do something different. Um, I feel that there's specifically, and I'll speak for, you know, black males in this context is I think that there's this weird sense of duality that we can't, you know, be very buttoned up and professional in one sense. But then outside of that, we can still be inculcated in pop culture, you know, knowledgeable, you know, we don't have to be like the guy that's at work 24 seven to get respect. And I think that it's actually helped me a lot because I've had to learn how to balance and stand in both of those worlds. So my Instagram is very much separate from my professional life. And I purposely create that division or that schism because I don't want people utilizing what I do from a side hustle, creative perspective and try to use that to paint me with a broad brush in other professional arenas and vice versa. I don't want people to see me or see my LinkedIn and think, oh, my gosh, you know, he's you know, <laughs> not approachable. And like, no, I'm, I'm a pretty cool person. Like, I don't I don't I don't really mind just being you know, just just like like I said, like you could talk to me virtually about anything um, within reason, obviously. But, you know, just this, I mean, anything. And I think that's what's made my platform grow is I'm always authentically myself. I feel like if, if somebody looked at a picture of me and then had a conversation with me, it's like, wow, I get the same vibe as if I saw a picture. It's like, yeah, because 
when it's real, it doesn't have to be fabricated. And, and I think that's really what I pride my, my page on is that I've really been able to do that and maintain that, you know, over time. That's good to know, because like that's something else I want to speak about uh, as an influencer. How do you stay true to yourself and your authenticity? authenticity considering like like you said you're on instagram and as a person who's into fashion you've kind of maybe tried things you wouldn't have or you know what not so how do you stay true to uh your authenticity and let work with brands that are truly you know speaking to who you are as a person well i think with with anything as a content creator i think it's just you have to have an eye and i think a discerning eye to know like what really aligns with your brand vision um, and what doesn't. So, you know, brands will message me all the time. And I'll sometimes like, it'll be in my message request and I'll look at it and I'll go look through their profile and I'll say, you know what, you may be a really great brand and you might have very good marketing, but for the type of style and clothes that you push, maybe that's not really cool with what I push. And just being authentically honest about that, because I think a lot of people look at when you get into this space, it's like, oh, that's money. You could do that. But it's like, there's such a thing as, and I heard a saying once that it said like, you know, why do you not see Ferrari commercials on TV? And, you know, the the person who was, you know, asked the question responded and they said, well, because the people that buy Ferraris don't watch TV. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, interesting. Way yeah. So it's like, so when you think about things from that perspective, it's like, think of your brand as your company, your storefront. And in any brand or any company or storefront, anything that we look at that has great brand synergy, I look at Apple, Nike, um, just to name a few, um, you know, even Hat Club, a company that I work with, there's just there's an infusion of brand consistency and messaging. So if we're a company like, for example, with Apple, we make products with the customer at the front of what we design. So we look for things where maybe it's not so much we have the greatest, fastest processor ever, but we maybe put a button here because we know ergonomically <laughs> sense, you know, and things like that. Like, you know, a lot of the times I found myself complaining, like, for example, on a side note about Apple and how they do things with the iPhones and maybe as they get older or more advanced, you know, it's minute changes. But then, you know, when you look at those minute changes, those add up because it's like, oh, wow, I, that's really cool that my phone does that. I didn't really even think that I needed it. But <laughs> That's oh, I do. I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, so I think from from that vantage point as an influencer, you always just want to have a perspective of just being true to your your brand voice. And my brand voice is, like I said, I'm a you know a minority. I'm a person of you know color that you know is in an engineering world. My you know love for sneakers and streetwear has afforded me an opportunity to be able to do things in that space. But then also, I can take that professional acumen that I have and mentor and give, you know, have conversation like about, hey, when you have a brand deal, these are probably things that you want to ask. Don't be afraid to advocate for yourself because these are lessons and things I've had to employ in my own professional life. So it's like now when I'm just doing it for myself and a brand says, hey, we want to pay you in 60 days. It's like, mm, how about 15? Mm -hmm. And being willing to be able to walk away from tables and negotiations because it's like, listen, you know, I'm going to give you my best um, mm -hmm. whenever it comes to putting together content. So the idea and the expectation that I have of you from a professional standpoint is that you're going to give me your best, um, whether it's how we write this agreement and how we enforce it and how we move forward. So I think as I, my platform gets larger, I think that's probably a space of advocacy and agency that I really want to slide into as far as 
you know, advocating for younger creatives who kind of look at brand deals and contracts as being really scary things to, to let them know, hey, like you have the skills to be able to negotiate and make money for yourself. Just have to believe in yourself and know that you can and always just be authentically you. Because at the end of the day, that's what it takes to be successful in this. I, I wish I wish that people wrote a book about that, about being authentic, because there's a lot of people that really don't understand that. You could kind of tell through how they just conduct themselves on social media. So that's dope. That's like a goal for you to like reach back and teach younger influencer. And considering mm -hmm. black men don't largely exist in that space, how do you speak toward that? Or what are some obstacles outside of maybe negotiations mm -hmm. that you maybe uh, seeing people with your same following or style benefited more than you have? Um, I think that it's just like with anything, like sometimes just the time that you get into an opportunity just benefits you. Um, I think that a lot of the larger accounts now were accounts that were really pioneering and doing different things. Like when you think of what an influencer was five to seven years ago, um, a lot of brands were trying to figure out, well, how do we, from a metrology perspective, from metrics, how do we know how influential this person is beyond just how many followers and likes they had? So companies like, for example, Karma Loop, if y'all remember those, those days. days. <laughs> you dropping <laughs> some like real like East Bay yeah. and Karma Loop. I haven't heard them in a minute. Yeah, but it was like at that time, like that's really how they measured influencers. Like each mm -hmm. influencer had a link and you put your link in your bio and People, when they shop, they would hit your link. And like, it used to, it used, it used to be the most annoying thing for me because I wasn't in the influencer space at the time, but it's just like, you'll click my link. And I'm like, why would I click your link when I <laughs> go to Karma Loop? But in understanding the evolution of what influencing is now, it's like back then, that was the way that you really looked at, I guess you could call it affiliate marketing, affiliate marketing now. That was really the beginnings and the seeds of that. So where now... A lot of, you know, companies really like to do the affiliate marketing because it's like if you don't put a whole bunch of legwork in and you don't get a whole bunch of people clicking your links and utilizing your specific designated portal to make sales, yeah. it's like they don't have to pay you out as much mm -hmm. versus when you've built a following for yourself, you're already known for high quality content. Now they can't really play the affiliate marketing card. They can try, but it's like, hey, well, that's interesting. I like the fact that you're thinking that way, but I personally was more interested in doing user-generated content, which is like, I take pictures in your product. Mm -hmm. I give them to you for a price. If you choose to whitelist them, whatever, I get a portion of whatever you, you know, put that out there for with ads and we can go our separate ways. And I don't have to worry about putting the link in my bio and hoping people click on it because, you know, with Reels, TikTok, like you said, like this generation is not really, I guess you could say, geared towards um geared towards clicking and reading it's like everything is you know five ten seconds That's, yeah. yeah like the attention span is small so it's like you have to find ways to engage and i think that's if you're going to be a content creator and influencer in today's world you have to be adaptable i think if i could surmise it to one word i'd say you have to be adaptable you have to be informed you have to be adaptable and you definitely have to be able to figure out ways to infuse your own voice to where it's like it doesn't look like you completely man you bit this other dude's whole flow with how he you mm -hmm. know puts things together mm -hmm. like you don't you don't want to be that guy you want to have a unique way that you bring you know content to life and, and and you know like have people digest it because that's the thing that makes people follow you it's like that it factor it's like what is it uniquely about you that makes people be like yo he's pretty cool like let me share this with my homie or let me share this with a homegirl of mine like and 
that's why I like a lot of people that I a lot of things that I learned in the social media space I actually learned um, from women in that influencer space and how they interact and how they respond with their followers and they just make it a conversation. It's not like, yeah, bro, appreciate it. It's like, no, like I could talk to you about like, hey, this is the palette and the idea I had when I put this outfit together and I thought it came out pretty cool. Appreciate you for dropping a comment. It's like, that's not me being fake. That's legitimately me trying to have a conversation with you because if we were out in public, like, you know how it used to be, like, you was yeah. in school, somebody yeah. may say, yeah. be like, yo, bro, I, you, you did that, that's that's a dope fit. And you'd be like, yo, man, I appreciate you. Like, yo, that, these were the last, you know, joints at the mall. And you're like, word, that's crazy. It's like, so that's, again, organic, natural, just authentic communication. And I think that's that's what I'm seeing, you know, success from. It's just, it's just being organically me and being myself. That's really cool. And it's dope to know that you've been able to like hone that and then also learn lessons that you still want to like take back. Mm -hmm. um, and again, we've brought you on to kind of speak about more things that you have going on, which is a Fit Talk Friday uh, podcast live segment. Uh, yeah. Host with two other gentlemen and style influencers. Uh, tell us more about that. Sure. Yeah. So um, with Fit Talk Fridays, uh, I initially kind of looked at the idea because I looked in the space of Instagram and I didn't really see, I saw platforms where they were talking about fitted hats. I saw platforms and they were talking exclusively about sneakers, but I didn't really see a platform where people were really being celebrated um, for just putting together really good fits. Like, yeah, I'm sure, you know, folks know about the pay for promo pages and you got to send them PayPal and maybe you get posted this week. Maybe you never get posted. You know, <laughs> You know, no shade, no tea, but you know that's just. No, the you telling it all because I'm already <laughs> hip. I'm hip. I'm hip. I yeah. just once or twice. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> no, I mean, and it's like, and you you look at it, and I think that's the crazy thing about social media. It's like it's not the number of followers; it's just how you connect with that community. And I think that when you really get that, it's like I would much rather hang out with five or ten other thousand, two thousand follower people than one fifty thousand follower person, and they barely mm -hmm. post. Because it's like they have no engagement. Mm -hmm. But um, I digress. <laughs> when, we did, when we did Fit Talk Fridays, I mean, at least for me, what I wanted to do is I wanted a platform that was uniquely ours. You didn't have to pay us to put your stuff on. But I really wanted to cultivate a community of people that really were passionate about streetwear. Um, thankfully, you know, I was already, you know, in the community and folks that I actually met that were not friends of mine before. I really started getting more active in the community, which is Max, Max Season on Instagram and Just John. Um, so my co-host, Max and John, I actually met through just organically interacting in the Instagram ecosystem. So when I brought them the idea and we really sat down and we talked about it and then we met in New York um, because Hat Club had a release, we just really said, yo, we could really do this. So, you know, around November of last year, we started it. Um, we've had great episodes we've had t mark on um t mark got kicks if folks are familiar you know he has his he actually did a collab with hat club originally big sneaker collector you know one of the people that i say i have sneaker envy of you know as far as some of the things that an og heat that he has but super great guy to have on the show we've had j tips who just recently released arguably shoe of the summer you know with the um remember who fronted the Salcony. it's actually the highest retail pair of salconies that have ever released if i'm not if i'm correct so yeah if i remember that correctly so yeah so we've had him on the show um we've had i'm ashley hall like we've had like a variety of different hosts and i think 
that's one of the things that we really are trying to focus and expand on with our segment is really trying to find not just people in the fitted hat space or sneaker spaces, but store owners, people that actually add to the culture um, beyond just having to necessarily be boots on the ground, putting fits together. So we're approaching a year now, mm-hmm. almost close to the episodes. We had a hashtag that um, we actually took over from somebody else. I think Fit Talk Fridays initially was literally a hashtag about health stuff, like working out. And okay. we're like almost at 2000 posts um, from people who just subscribed to it. And um, recent, you know, we've like all of us have recently become hack club influencers. So we're utilizing our platform there as well to help leverage it. So it's a great and exciting time. I'm, I'm happy that I did it with these guys and I'm really excited to see where, you know, it takes off and goes from there. No, that's dope. Uh, as you know, we're growing our like thing. So we know that hustle and bustle. And it's cool to know that, like, or see or hear how you guys met like that mm-hmm. over the internet. And you, that speaks to the power of influencers and how you can network and leverage that to create greater opportunities, like for yourself. So that's pretty cool that, like, that mm-hmm. are positioned that way. Cause I don't think, I don't think I've ever heard of a like, story to maneuver like that um no it was it was crazy how it came together Uh, i feel like that was just it was just right place right time right people Mm -hmm. and it came together well and then it's like and i think the funny part is is that when we first start it's like when you think your first show you have t mark on and then probably like two or three episodes later you have j tips um on the show and it's like you're talking and he's like yo like yeah I, i watched your profile and your content for a while bro like respect what y'all doing like you know keep doing what you're doing for the culture like that's really impactful because then it gives you that confidence to where like when you walk into places and people are like yo we love what you're doing it's like Mm -hmm. after a while you start building momentum so Mm -hmm. i think my mind i think we're we're at a really cool place in a juncture where we have that opportunity to utilize our independent platforms bring them together and then ultimately kind of push us up even higher than we even thought we would get Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's it's a it's been a it's been a ride, but like I said, I, I'm really thankful for my guys, Max and John. I, I like I said, I, I couldn't have asked for you know two better co-hosts to to really do this together. So it's 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 been a ride, and and I can't wait to see where else it goes this year. That's pretty dope. So do you have any other upcoming projects or? Anything you want our audience to know about you? Uh, I've enjoyed the interview. You've taught me a lot. And I can tell, like, I do marketing and a lot of the terminology and what you're using, I can tell that you're in tune with analytics and you know how to, like, tap in. Uh, so it's cool to see that you've kind of taught yourself that assumably through uh, that process because it's it's a it's a bustle. It's a, it's a bustle. It's very tactical big big hustle but yeah i mean for me um i just recently announced that i'll be doing a hat design with hat club i'm from atlanta originally so the hat will be an atlanta crown um i'm you know start to get more information i would definitely use my social channels to let folks know how they can have a chance to get it um so you know this will be my first hat with hat club i've never designed a hat before never i think even had the desire to do it until you know, I really started hanging out with people that did it, you know, I guess you could say gratuitously. And it was just like, oh, man, I really well, that'll be cool to do that. You know, cool that's dope, from bro. That's, congrats. That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> Thank you. So it's like so, you know, using again my, my vehicle as an ambassador to bring attention because Hack Club doesn't have a presence here outside of me. And um, one other guy who was an ambassador before I was, shout out Manolo, 
um, Prado um, here in, in um, Atlanta, Georgia. But I feel like in many ways, just, you know, seeing how I can use that platform to bring more attention to my hometown because Hat Club is a really big company, you know, definitely a company with a lot of influence um, within the Fit Hat community. So I think this is really going to be a cool way to bring in a little bit of Atlanta flavor to to what Hat Club does and see how that can continue to develop a relationship between them and the city of Atlanta. So super excited to do that. Um, I just actually dropped a content piece that I did for JBW Watches. Um, um, so that'll be, um, let's see here. I like, so that'll probably be the, that's probably the most recent development that I've had. They have a collection called Coast that will be dropping on the 21st, which I believe is Thursday. Mm -hmm. um, so guys want to tap in on that and see what the watches look like and potentially what the rest of the collection looks like um hit my story on instagram and hit sign up so you can get the notification bell for that um but outside of that man i think really finishing the year strong i'm gonna have a couple of other projects that i'm working on um that i'm still kind of finalizing so once it's official then speak on it but for right now i'm still just trying to grind and you know finish q4 out strong i've had a really great year like i said got a chance to work with nike uh, Budweiser, Hat Club, Private Label New York, Novamin, aka Fashion Nova. So mm -hmm. I, I I can really say that it's it's been an ubiquitous amount of opportunities, and I'm and I'm really yeah, looking. Feel like you got it going on, man. Like I be seeing you. Like that's <laughs> to hear that you've had so many opportunities and blessed. Yeah, man. So it's it's like I always give you know glory to God first because you know without. Without him, none of this is possible. And, you know, I think in the midst of doing that, just continuing to remain humble and just understand it can be taken away from you at any point. So the goal is just to to be, to, to, to be like I said, be humble, you know, be present, be centered, um, be intentional in all that you do and who you connect with. And to your point, like my degree is in engineering, it's not in marketing. So being respectful of those who know more than me to ask questions like, well, hey, how do you negotiate this or how do you walk that? And, you know, mm -hmm. after doing it now for a couple of years and, learning the techno terminologies, you know, net payments and exclusivity rights and understanding what your value is compared to the market and using your analytics to, because it's a pitch, you know, you're still pitching yourself. So <laughs> look, you know, look, I'm going to chop all of this up and sit it to you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's crazy how you have to put all of that together, put it in a tidy box and really get that to a marketing executive that only probably has two to three minutes to look at it and look for the highlights. So, mm -hmm. you know, Still learning, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not there yet where I can, you know, officially say this is, you know, paying all the bills and doing everything else like that. But it's an aspiration. It's a hope that I have. But either which way, you know, to to know that I was at 2000, barely 2000 followers two two years ago and knocking on the door of 50K this year in a two year stretch is is um is incredible, especially with balancing a full time life, a dog, you know, a fiance, all the things that I'm doing right now. So. Like I said, extremely blessed and, and and thankful for the opportunity. So looking forward to see what happens, you know, coming into the end of this year and into 2024. You have it going on. You have a lot going on. Um, that's good to hear. Uh, I'm like a semi-Atlanta native. So it's good to hear to a lot of native that you got it going on. And like to know that this isn't your full time and you're kind of consistently growing your brand. That's like. Dope. Uh, as we wrap up our interview with Tafuri Taylor, I want to let y'all know that you will find this episode live. Make sure that you can uh, follow us on, again, Instagram, TikTok, all of that good stuff. <laughs> I'll get tongue to it, trying to say all of it at WRGO Pod. Um, yeah, I'm going to 
That's it. That's kind of the episode. I'll chop the bottom half of this off. <laughs>